0: few minutes, somebody say, uh, I won't be before you long. Okay. Uh, I'm hoping 20 minutes. I'm, I'm going to try to get out of here. 20, it's 1230. Okay. If I'm here it's still at one o'clock, somebody needs to ring a bell. Amen. So, you know, I was looking at second Timothy chapter two and I was reading verses 20 and 21. And this is uh, the book of second Timothy is Paul speaking to Timothy. This is a jailhouse Epistle or or writing. Paul is in jail. This is the last book that Paul would write before he is executed. And he, in this book, would say, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my race. I have kept the faith in chapter four. But before he gets there, he is exhorting Timothy. And in the second chapter, in these two verses, he says, But in a great house. They are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, for some for honor and some for dishonor. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, he will be a vessel of honor, sanctified and useful for the master, prepared for every good work. Paul is admonishing him at a time where Paul is in jail and the church is uh, growing but there are divisive uh, entities going on in the church Timothy is the pastor of this small church probably in his own home but there were teachers coming in who were teaching false doctrine and Paul would tell Timothy study to show yourself approved unto God a workman that needs not be a, to be ashamed rightly dividing the word of truth Timothy's name comes from uh, two parts, meaning God honoring, God honoring. And so he tells him in that verse 21, therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, he will be a vessel for honor. So in essence, Paul is admonishing Timothy to live up to your name, be God honoring. I chose for a title, Lord, make me a vessel of honor. And before I get to the gist of this, I want to take you to some uh, episodes in scripture where vessels were being used. Vessels were being used. A vessel is just a container. And a container just sitting in a corner is of very little value until you need it. I refer to 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 1 through 7. I'm not going to read it all. I just want to just kind of take you through what has happened here. This is a segment where the prophet Elisha, who was the, uh, came right after Elijah. Elijah went into heaven on a chariot of fire, but before he left, he asked for Elisha to give me a double portion of your anointing. And when he went up in that chariot, he threw his mantle onto Elisha, and Elisha received a double portion which meant a double inheritance also but this prophet as elijah was a prophet of fire he was a prophet of power and fire Elisha was a prophet of power but he was a prophet of the people he loved people he was more hospitable he was a a a more of a homeboy than Elijah Elijah was out there and he was chopping people's heads off Elisha was a kind-hearted individual but in this these verses in one through seven we see I titled this segment the prophet and the preacher's wife this widow woman comes to Elisha her husband was a prophet who had died Elisha was his captain Elisha was the in a way he was the dean of the school Of the prophets. And so her husband, the prophet, the preacher, had died. So this preacher's wife was left desolate. She had no way of, no means of income. And uh, unfortunately, like many preachers, they die and they leave their families without any way to pay the bills. And she was left, and I can't say this is just unique to preachers, this is a lot of us. We have to be careful about that, especially as preachers. You know, the Bible talks about preachers and it says he that does not care for his family is like an infidel. So as preachers, we have to remember that we have to be wise and take care of our families as we do the work of God. Amen. I don't know why I got on that, but that's okay. But she was left desolate and she was about to have lose her children. They were about to be taken as slaves to pay off debt. And so she goes to the man of God, Elisha and Elisha well says to her what do you have of value now it almost sounds like he's going to say okay go take it to the pawn shop and pawn this and get some money no he says what do you have of value and she says all I have is a container of oil and he tells her okay that's all you have that's enough God can take little and make it much God can take whatever you have and make it a value. And he tells her to go and get tell go and get from all your neighbors all as many containers as you can come up with. And when you bring them back, start to pour the oil that you have into each of those containers. Yeah. And until, and and so she did that. And her son went out to the neighbors and got as many as they had. And she then he brought them home. She did just what the prophet told her. She filled each container and. Uh, and she would have continued filling until she, you know, but she ran out of containers. If she hadn't run out of containers, she would have continued to fill the containers. And he said, take the the amount of oil that you get from all those containers, sell it, pay off your debt, and your sons will live on the rest. Why is this important? Those containers weren't of value until they were, they were needed. Secondly, those containers became the, the, the the holders of what God's blessing how God's blessing would fill and the blessing only stopped when she ran out of the containers so the prophet and the preacher's wife the second lesson I want to look at is John chapter 2 verses 1 through 11 this is a well known story about a wedding in Cana this is the first miracle that Jesus performed and we know the story. It's a wedding. Jesus and his, and Mary, his mom, were invited as disciples. And his mother comes to Jesus and says, they have run out of wine. Now, Jesus' reply was, what has that got to do with me? And she's this is the mama. Mama is not taking no for an answer. And so she looks at the, 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 the servants and says, whatever he says, do it. And what he said to do, go get those water pots, the empty jugs, fill them with water. Now, how does this address the problem? Because the problem is they don't have more wine. Well, why is wine such a big deal at a wedding? Well, in those days, wine represented joy and festivity. And we're not advocating drinking because we know what happens when you get to because the Bible tells you, do not be drunken with wine where there's excess, but be filled with the Spirit. But this was a wedding. Jesus' first miracle is at a wedding. Why? Marriage. And marriages are supposed to be include joy. God forbid you're in a marriage, and the marriage doesn't have joy in the marriage. There's so much going on here that I want to bring to your attention. First of all, he didn't say fill them with water and then serve water instead of wine. He says when you fill them up, dish it out and give it to the master of ceremonies. And he did, and the servant did that, and the, the master of ceremonies noticed something. He says normally, and he goes to the, to the bridegroom. This is the bridegroom's house. This is where the wedding was taken. The wedding party would take place at the bridegroom's house, so the bridegroom did not know that this wine, this water, had been turned into wine. But the servants are the only ones that knew, and Jesus. And when he tasted the wine, he says to the to the bridegroom, "Usually, you wait for the end of the uh, the ceremony after the good wine is gone, and then you serve the bad wine because they're so drunk they don't know the difference." But Jesus didn't make for them the old wine. He gave them new wine. New wine representing what? This is a marriage and beginning of a new life for these two, this couple. New life. New wine represents the new life and the, and the joy that comes with this new life. Of course, Ephesians 18 says don't be overly filled. Don't be drunk with wine. Whereas in excess would be filled with the Holy Spirit. So the wine is representative of the joy of the Holy Spirit. New wine, new beginning, new strength, new relationship. A relationship should be filled with joy. So as a as a married man, as a bridegroom at this time in his life. This bridegroom didn't realize that yet you ran out of wine, Mr. Bridegroom. But there's another bridegroom that's there with you. His name is Jesus. Remember, we are the church. We are the bride of Christ. Jesus is the bridegroom. So this bridegroom who ran out of joy, the the bridegroom, Jesus Christ, was there to present him with all the joy he needed. Amen. And John chapter 4 Verses 25 to 30, another story. This is another well-known story. This is probably one of my favorites. The woman at the well, I call this a woman at a well finds living water. Amen. Why is, why is water so important? Because look, we're 70% water humans, right? So we got to have water. We need well. You can't go too many days and live without water. You have to have water. If you get sick and can't eat, just if you can drink, you can hydrate yourself, you'll survive. But water for the human body is so important. But for the spiritual man, Jesus is the only one who can quench the spiritual thirst. So this woman at the well has a meeting with Jesus. She didn't know she had the meeting, but Jesus said, We must needs go through Samaria because he knew. He, there was a woman there who was searching for something. She thought she was coming to the well to get natural water, but when she leaves, she leaves with a spiritual spring of water springing up out of her own uh, her own being. And so, the, the 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 thing that I like about that story is that she came there with water pots to fill up with water, but she left with no water pots. She didn't need the water pots anymore. So when I look at those three entities, when I look at those three stories, I see that there are some things that those all those stories have in common. First of all, they all had vessels that were used and all the vessels were empty. Secondly, in all those instances, faith came to play, came to be a part of the story. The preacher's wife had to trust what the prophet said and go ahead and pour into those vessels that she got so that they would produce more oil. The water pots, the the servants had to fill those pots up and dish it out in, in exchange for what they thought was no more wine. They had to have a certain amount of faith. And this woman at the well, her faith was growing and to the point where where she came with empty vessels to fill with water, she left a vessel herself. She became the vessel. She had, she was a vessel who had a message inside of her. She went to the town and told all the men, all especially those men, what Jesus said, you've had five husbands and the one you have is not your husband. She says, you must be a prophet. Well, those same people, what, she had now become this vessel who had a new message for them right. and that new message was isn't this the Messiah this has to be the Messiah this has to be the one we've all been looking for so the woman at the well brought a vessel to receive water that she needed but instead left the, left a vessel herself carrying living water to all the town, and he, Jesus would end up standing in that town and ministering for the next couple of days. So what we learn here is that what we are all vessels. Yeah. When we read 1 Timothy, he says that he will be a vessel of honor, sanctified, yeah. and useful for the master, prepared for every good work. So when we look at that verse, a vessel of honor, a vessel of honor, in 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 contrast to what Paul was addressing here, remember, they were teaching wrong doctrine in the church. So a vessel of honor studies to show himself approved. A, a vessel of honor is, is one who teaches the truth and, and speaks for the truth of God's work, of, of God's ways, and of God's will. A vessel of honor, it says, sanctified. Which means what? Set apart. Away from the ways of the world, the lies of the world. Away from the, the, the world of Satan. This is this world that Satan is the God of this world. Sanctified means separated apart from all that separated unto God. For the work of God, for the will of God. Through the word of God. Ephesians 2:10. Because what? We're doing this, he says, useful for the master, sanctified and useful for the master prepared for every good work. We honor God when we do good work in the ministry. Ephesians 2.10 says, for we are his workmanship created unto, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Amen. And so the question, how many of us want to be vessels of honor right. to God? I think everybody listening in the sound of my voice wants to do that. They want. We want to be vessels that honor God. In other words, we don't want to do this to honor ourselves. We're not doing it for money. We're not doing it for notoriety. We're not doing it so that we can put our name in lights. We do it to honor God. Why do we honor God? Because we find out who he is. We find out he's our creator. He's our sustainer. The Bible talks about him in so many instances. It says in Revelation, he's the first and the last. He's the alpha, the omega, the beginning and the end. He's the bright and morning star. He's the fairest of 10,000. But for us, the most important thing that he is for us is he's our savior. He saved my soul. And he does, he did that because he loves me so. Oh, how he loves you. Oh, how he loves me and you. And how do we honor him? We honor him just as we have started today. We honor him by coming together, uh, even on Zoom, coming together on one accord with one mind to worship him, to adore him. How do we worship him? How do we honor him? We honor him with our time. We honor him with the talents he's given us. He's given everybody gifts. He's given us all gifts. And it's just a matter of us nurturing those gifts. It's a matter of those gifts getting better and better and better. We use the time and the talents that he's given to us. First Corinthians, uh, well, Matthew 25 says, uh, 25, uh, 25 and 14 talks about, uh, uh, forget what it says i'll come back to that so we honor god with our body first corinthians 619 says don't you know that your body is a temple of the holy spirit who is in you whom you have from god and you are not your own you are bought with a price so we honor him with our bodies how do we honor him he says in leviticus 21 and he says i the lord am holy be ye holy for I am holy 1 Peter 15 16 says the same we honor him with our resources Matthew 6 21 says where your treasure is there will your heart be also we honor him with our resources we honor him with our heart Proverbs 3 5 says trust in the Lord with all your heart lead not to your own understanding in all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path we honor him with all our heart we honor him in our actions. Colossians 3.17 says. Whatever you do. In word or deed. Do everything in the name of the Lord. Yeah. Giving thanks to God the Father. Through him. We honor him. In everything we do. Amen. How do we honor him? We honor him through the sacrifice of praise. That's what we do when we sing songs. We sing the sacrifice of praise in the, you know, the house of the Lord. We sacrifice our very lives. Romans 12, one says what? Brethren, I beseech you by the mercies of God that you present your body, what? A living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service of worship. And we honor him through our obedience to him. Jesus says what? If you love me, do what? Keep my commandments. And he says, "My commandments are not grievous." Right. How do we honor him? Going back to where we started, we honor him by speaking the truth in love. Ephesians four four fifteen. Growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. Amen. Amen. How many of us this morning, this afternoon? Should say how many of us this, this afternoon. Want to be vessels that honor the Lord. How many of us want to know him in a greater way to be closer and closer and more close to him? Like a husband and a wife, you know, where you see, you know, you see these husband and wife where the husband and the wife are so close that they finish each other's sentences. You know, where you see the husband, you always see the husband, you always see the wife at the same place at the same time. They're that close. Well, this is what God wants for us. How many of us want that for ourselves? To be vessels that honor God, honor God in our everyday life, honor God from the time we get up to the time we go to bed. How do we do it? We honor him from the time we get up. We we let him know, Lord, I thank you. I thank you for waking me to see the new day. Thank him for for breath in my lungs. Thank him for, for blood going through my veins, my heart continuing to pump for the use of my limbs. Thank him for the roof over our heads, for clothes to put on our back, shoes to put on our feet. Thank him that we didn't go to bed hungry last night, and if we did, we can get up in the morning and go find food. Thank God. And we thank him for how he has heard our prayers. We honor him in the morning. Thank him for new mercies in the morning, compassions that fail not. They're new every morning. And thank him for taking us through the end of the day. We honor him. But how many want to be closer? How many want to have that relationship yes. like that? And you feel like you, you don't have it right now. We're just going to pray. <clears throat> and we're going to ask the Lord's blessing upon us that he comes into our hearts and our lives and increases and strengthens that relationship so that we can grow deeper and deeper and hot. Our- deeper depths in him and higher heights in him anyone have others things that they need prayer for we're just going to pray the lord knows the lord sees the lord hears and answers our prayers amen let us pray father this afternoon we're just thankful lord we're thankful for all things we're thankful for who you are you're the god who heals us. You are a great physician today. God, we're thankful for who you are. You are almighty God. You're bigger than anything that we have to encounter in our day. You're bigger than disease. You're bigger than necessities. You, All that we need, your hand will provide. We're thankful, Father, for being our great shepherd who makes us lie down in green pastures, leads us beside still waters, restores our souls, leads us in the paths of righteousness, right way of living, right walk, right talk. We thank you today, God, for your people everywhere. We're thankful, Father, that you have saved us by your blood. We're thankful for the cross of Christ. Lord, the day you came, uh, but not the day you came, but the day you allowed yourself You didn't have to do it, but you did it. You let them beat you until you were unrecognizable. They tortured you. You could have called legions of angels, but if you had done that, we wouldn't be saved today. And so, God, we're thankful that you were steadfast. You were focused in what you had to do for us. And, Lord, we want to be focused. We want to be closer. We want to be vessels of honor. We want to be used of you in a new way. We want new wine. We want a new blessing. We want new strength. We want a new and closer relationship with you today. I look on those, Lord, that would say, this is me. I want to be closer to you, Lord. I want to walk hand in hand with you, Lord, from the moment I get up in the morning to the time I lay my head down on my pillow to sleep at night. Lord, I want to be close to you like a a husband and a wife. I want to be closer to you than a a mother to her child. I want to be like that. I want you, Lord, in my life in a new and real way. Look on those that are sick in their bodies this afternoon, Lord. Look on those who have had to go through this loss of life. They've lost family members. They're grieving, God. Look on them. those that even right now have sickness in their bodies. Lord, we thank you for being our healer. Look on those Lord that don't know how they're going to pay that bill. Oh God, we thank you that you're a provider, God. Those of us that are living in households where there's chaos, there's no peace. Oh God, we thank you. You're the Prince of Peace. Oh God, inject your peace into our hearts, into our lives. Let us be that instrument, that vessel of peace. Let us be that vessel of love let us be that vessel of strength to others that vessel of forgiveness and compassion we thank you god for who you are we thank you for what you've done for us we thank you lord for giving to us all that we need today and bless those that are on this line lord we thank you for them today we thank you for your word your word is truth we thank you your word is a living and powerful and able to discern our thoughts and intents We thank you, Lord, for your word that is like a mirror that shows us what we really appear like to you, shows us what we need to correct, shows us how we need to walk and talk. We love you today, God. Every every home and every heart represented, even right now, God, we, we thank you. We ask your blessing. We ask, Lord, that you give us that newness of life today. We love you today. We thank you for all these things. We ask it in Jesus' name. Thank God. Amen. 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 Amen.